were a school child in a New York City elementary school in the 1980s. You've lived here your entire life, and you quite like it here. Your teacher steps up to a whiteboard. All right, class. Today we are going to learn about the Great Depression, Prohibition, and... She's cut off by the public announcement system. Good morning, Washington Elementary School. Please stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. You reluctantly stand, like the rest of the students in your class, and put your hand over your heart. You and your fellow classmates chant, We pledge allegiance to the flag of the United Socialist States of America. <laughs> Welcome to Imagine If, the alternate history podcast. I'm your host, Brody Burton, and this is our episode on how the United States of America could have become socialist. Socialism is a political ideology similar to communism, where private property is abolished and everything is owned by the government. It is designed to make people equal, but it rarely does this. The first to seriously support socialism was in the aftermath of the French Revolution. The first to implement socialism was in the Parisian Commune, which existed in 1871 after France lost the Franco-Prussian War. The uprising was crushed, but socialism gained support. The first major socialist party to form was the Social Democratic Party of Germany, who in the 1893 elections gained a quarter of Germany's votes. The Socialist Party of Argentina was also the first major socialist party in the Americas. The first socialist elected to a national office was Chris Watson of Australia. The first country to fall to socialist revolutions was Russia in, 18, uh, in 1917. The country that formed was the Union of Socialist Soviet Republics, also known as the Soviet Union and the USSR. From there, China and much of Eastern Europe would adopt socialist and communist ideologies. This led to the Cold War, which ended in the fall of the USSR and general fall of socialism around the world. Today, four countries have socialist-centered governments, including China, Vietnam, Laos, and Cuba. Twelve countries have constitutions which reference socialism, including countries such as India, North Korea, Algeria, and Portugal. In the U.S. today, minor socialist parties exist, but socialism is really growing in the Democratic Party with leaders openly socialist, including Senator Bernie Sanders of Vermont and Representative Alexandria Oscario-Cortez of New York. Changing gears a little, economic hardship may be hard today in the aftermath of COVID-19, but in the 1930s, it was worse. FDR helped rescue the nation from the crisis by intervening, something his predecessor, Herbert Hoover, refused to do. FDR, in a fair election, always would have beat Hoover in 1932. However, what if who, how, however, imagine if Hoover, in this alternate universe, won the final election in the United States history. White House, March 1931. Vice President Charles Curtis is sitting with President Herbert Hoover. They are discussing the inevitable, Hoover's demise. Mr. Curtis, I will not lose. I am the master of emergencies. I'm the freaking president. I will use whatever means necessary to win the election. Mr. Hoover, I have an idea. 
the ballot stuff in several crucial states, New York, California, and the like. Mr. Curtis, I, I don't know how good of an idea that is. Mr. Hoover, the other option is eternal infamy. After a brief moment of consideration, Hoover nods. The ballot sheet of 1932 was the worst in history. Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, Connecticut, Pennsylvania, and New York naturally voted for Hoover. No cheat needed. However, Illinois paid for. However, Hoover paid for massive corruption, thugs, to win over New York, California, Texas, Illinois, Ohio, Massachusetts, Michigan, Missouri, and Indiana. This fraud kept him in the White House as the 31st President of the United States of America. He was also the last. The Second American Civil War began when Ohio, under the leadership of Norman Thomas, declared themselves the United Socialist States of America, adopting a constitution echoing the Co Communist Manifesto and U.S. Constitution. Michigan, Indiana, Illinois, and Kentucky were completely in the pockets of the USSA by Christmas 1932. Much of the South, excluding Louisiana and Florida, had strong USSA support and strong U USA support, as did Ohio and as did California and Oregon. As the Second American Civil War heated up in 1932, Thomas's troops won battles on three fronts: the Western, the Trans-Mississippi, and Virginia. Western and Southern Virginia were part of the USSA as far back as November 1932, but the official state governments of West Virginia and Virginia refused to leave the U.S. The Army of the Red Star, the USSA's military, won the Battle of Huntington and forced, the U and forced West Virginia's government to surrender. Then they invaded Virginia. This was coupled with the victorious siege of Pittsburgh which made the Appalachians the unofficial border between the U.S. and U.S.S.A. in that region. The Red Star Army of, of Virginia continued toward Richmond, while the Red Star Army of North Carolina conquered the Norfolk News area. Virginia's government surrendered that April. Down south, most states officially seceded, except for Louisiana and Florida. The Red Star Army of the Mississippi captured New Orleans on February 24th and continued with the RSS, RSA Texas getting West Louisiana. By March 10th, Louisiana was in the hands of the USSA. Florida, once most major cities were captured, the U.S. N n no longer had a foothold in the southeast. In California, no major advances had been made, but they had been, but they had defended their independence. Hoover began to fear, especially as D.C. was increasingly filled with riots. He moved the government to Harrisburg, where rioting was very rare. Oklahoma's government also joined the USSA in June. However, they tried to launch a counterassault. He faced a U.S. army increasingly deserting. The, U the American territorial governments joined the USSA in October. As the winter 1933 came to a close, the RSA started three new campaigns, the Mountain Campaign, the Plains Campaign, and the Northeast Campaign. 
In March and April 1934, the USSA conquered all of the remaining West, and Maryland fell to the USSA as well. Then in May, Philadelphia, New York, and Boston declared themselves provincial cities of the USSA. As this happened, the U.S. government fell into complete collapse, and by the end of 1934, Pennsylvania was the last state whose government refused to surrender to the USSA. In 1935, the Red Star Army invaded Harrisburg, the last American city on the planet. They publicly executed Herbert Hoover, Charles Curtis, and the cabinet members who supported the plot. The first premier was Norman Thomas, with the former Louisiana governor, Huey Long, serving as vice premier. Thomas decided to model the USSA off of the Soviet Union by creating the Socialist American Republics to replace states. Some states remained the same, such as New York and California. Others merged, like Texas and New Mexico, Alaska and Hawaii, and Oregon, Washington, and Idaho. Some were put into huge chunks, like the SAR of the Great Plains, SAR of New England, and the like. Sixteen Socialist American Republics are formed out of the 48 states and various American territories. Thomas's premiership was not entirely peaceful, international events would make sure of this. In Europe, Adolf Hitler and Benito Mussolini had come to power, in Germany and Italy, respectively, and France had succumbed to communism as well. Spain was in a civil war, and fascists won out there. In 1937, a joint invasion of Poland by the Soviet Union and Nazi Germany started a conflict with the British Empire, which brought Portugal, Spain, Canada, Newfoundland, and other minor powers into the war. The USSA quickly invaded Canada, taking control of cities along the border. The USSA quickly invaded and attacked the fall of a major Canadian city. The fall of major Canadian cities led to the Ottawa government surrendering to the USSA. The USSA moved in toward Newfoundland, and the European Axis had invaded Iberia and the British Isles. Japan had taken over China at this point as well. The world had again fallen into bloodshed. Now was time for peace, hence the London Convention. The Treaty of London ended in World War II in 1943. The Latin American allies, who had stalled off the United States in northern Mexico, remained intact. Although colonies in North America, excluding those who belonged to the Axis, those in South America were given to France, Ireland, including, including Northern Ireland, became part of France. The UK retained her independence. Canada was admitted to the U.S.'s five SARs. Yukon, Canada, Ontario, Quebec, and the Canadian Maritimes. The post-war world scared the crap out of the British, and the Brazilians and Mexicans weren't too keen on the situation either. British officials met with various Latin American republics in Recife, Brazil, to create a plan to take back the United States of America. First, Dwight D. Eisenhower moved from the Great Plains Socialist American Republic to Texas, his birth state, where on the fifth anniversary of the 1943 end of World War II, the Third American Civil War could begin. It started with the overthrow of the Texas Socialist American Republic and replaced it with the Second Republic of Texas. This revolutionary fever spread across the South and West. 
Deseret followed Texas, and California followed Deseret. Soon Dixie and Cascadia, Cascadia had sued for independence. British Columbia, uh, Newfoundland and Labrador and Quebec all gained independence. Then Premier Thomas was assassinated. Huey Long, the vice premier, became premier. Long selected Darlington Hoops to become the vice premier. Long started to push back against the revolutionaries. First, he was put down. First, he put on the Canadian rebels and the Southern rebels. Then he pushed into the RSA. Then he pushed the RSA into the Great Plains and Louisiana, where they had come to a standstill. However, the RSN, the naval branch of the USSA, had gone through the Panama Canal in 1950 and began landing in California. The Cascadian, Californian, and Texan rebellions collapsed. Deseret was allowed to live, and they had control of the Rocky Mountain Socialist American Republic. The Third American Civil War had devastated the USSA, but gave Huey Long experience in the government. However, the Anglo-Hispanic allies would not stop until socialism and communism were dead. 1950 saw the end of the Third American Civil War, but France was just starting. Normandy, Brittany, and the south of France were all unhappy under the communist government and other areas of France, and they began to have a de facto independence. As the Socialist, Ameri As the Socialist Republic of France collapsed, the Fifth Republic of France was established. As things began to get going in favor of capitalism, a fourth civil war began in the USSA. Mexican forces backed revolutionaries in Texas and California. Then the British sponsored a revolution in Canada. This time the USSA collapsed into pieces. Oregon, the South, Canada, Texas, and California, and Hawaii all got independence. The rump USA government, USSA government in the Northeast began to have a hard time surviving. In 1954, at the close of the Fourth American Civil War, Premier Long committed suicide. Hoops would become the longest-serving premier in the USSA. His reforms, which brought back some elements of freedom, were widely popular. However, the socialist American republics that had gained freedom were doing very well. A small political movement cropped up to reunite the USA, but many were against it. The political spectrum was just too vast. Plus, all of the nation's sacred historical sites, including the Statue of Liberty, remained in the hands of the USSA. However, the Anglo-American alliance that supported the revolutionaries really pushed to have the United States reestablished, and it happened. The CSA, Texas, Great Plains, Deseret, California, Alaska, all reunited into the second USA, which White D. Eisenhower elected the first president, although he was the 34th president of a United States. The new capital was elected to be Dallas, the heart of the first state to rebel against the USSA. Meanwhile, global politics of the 50s would see another disheartening thing. Adolf Hitler was a madman and a literal meth head. His overdose death in 1956 led to Germany collapsing into ruins. Socialist forces tried to reestablish themselves, but they failed to gain control of the region. The non-German countries freed themselves, Prussia, Bohemia, and others set up as independent countries. Mussolini's assassination also came to pass, leading Italy to readopt republicanism. The USSR was the last standing major socialist nation. 
Back in the Americas, the reformed U.S. began to experience, began to try to rebuild, starting with the education system. Decommunifying the education system was necessary, and many born in the 30s and 40s had been raised communists. The old elementary and middle high school system was adopted, and many colleges and universities overhauled curriculum. Eisenhower, though, wanted an ideal university to represent new, the new America. He took several thousands of acres of North Texas land and built a college of the United States, and it was the largest collegiate campus built in the U.S. Eisenhower would also set up border patrol along the USA, USSA border. Eisenhower also started the American Security Department, a cabinet position that would absorb the armed forces, espionage, national security, and other positions. Spies were also sent into Columbus, the capital of the USSA, by both the UK and the US. However, peace was kept through the Eisenhower's term in the 50s. Your name is George Stevens, and you're a clerk at a government-assigned job in Cincinnati, in the Socialist American Republic of Ohio. You only live in the USSA because the alternative is the South. You're an African-American, and the segregation in the South is almost as bad as the restrictions in the North. You've been saving up to get out of this country and to get into Canada. You work at a newspaper shop, handing out the Cincinnati Daily Letter, a state-run socialist paper. You also have, unlike my, most shops, newspapers from the USA and Canada, mainly the LA Times. You're getting a delivery from a man across the river. Hello, Mr. Stevens? You respond to him. Yes, come in. I think you should read the headline. You might be surprised. You do as he says, intrigued. The headline reads, Nixon repeals national segregation laws in the USA. You know what this means. That day, you and your family pack up what little the socialist government hasn't taken from you and leave for West Virginia. The 1961 Civil Rights Act was passed with broad support in the USA. Segregation had taken hits under socialism, and many Southerners fought alongside African-American soldiers in the Third and Fourth Civil Wars. When it ended in 1961, it was with largely broad support, although there was opposition in Alabama. Many African Americans migrated to the USA after the 1961 Civil Rights Act. The USSA began to decline further. New England called for capitalism to be restored, but the USSA denied it. The Fifth American Civil War was only averted by granting the New England SAR independence. The Republic of New England was formed. The USA began, the USSA began to clamp down on their sovereignty, but to little avail. The Fifth American Civil War in 1964 caused the Great Plains and Mid-Atlantic Seaboard to split into separate nations. Caused the Great Lakes and the Mid-Atlantic Seaboard to split into several nations. While the USSA was in collapse, the USA was only being saved by the UK until it wasn't. The UK political scene was dominated by the Conservative Party, the anti-communists who were in favor of assisting the Americans and the Labour Party, those without an opinion on communism and opposed to assisting the Americans. 
The Parliament of the UK was in the hands of the Conservative Party from the 1950s and early 1960s, but in 1965 the Labour Party took power. They caught off aid to the United States, causing the unstable nation to collapse. Eisenhower, the president from 1951 to 1959, and Nixon, the president from 1959 to 1967, were very popular. Nixon empowered long enough to dissolve to dissolve the United States into several countries. These countries were generally based off of the borders of the socialist American republics, and they were all very unstable. The new nations managed to survive, but global geopolitics and the decline of communism in the 1970s finally came to a head. Your name is Ventasis Landenbergis, and you're a capitalist national from the Balkan Republics, part of the USSR. You've been fighting for years for the Lithu for Lithuanian independence, and today you're in Vilnius, the capital of the Lithuanian Social uh, Soviet Republic. You begin your speech. Nineteen seventeen you're interrupted by a gunshot. You duck for cover as armed guards tackle a representative from the Kremlin. The shot angers the crowd. A chant begins. La slev, la slev, la slev. The crowd pours onto the streets of the Lithuanian city. They begin to riot and burn cities. Khrushchev was quick to respond from Moscow. The National Guard was sent in, killing the rioters. This caused outrage in the Balkan states as well as in the Caucasus. Even nations outside the USSR began to have communism collapse, such as Poland and Romania. Khrushchev lost power. The USSR began to fall. As the 1971 collapse of the Soviet Union came into being, the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland began the dominant power on Earth. The Commonwealth Coalition was formed by former British colonies and nations in which the UK had reformed. As the UK became the world's sole superpower, states in North America began to rise as well. As the 1970s began in North America, dysfunctional states controlled the former United States. However, the 1973 elections would change that. The Republic of California elected Ronald W. Reagan, the President of California. The Second Republic of Texas, the Third Republic of Texas, elected George H. W. Bush. Then there was the fate of the People's Republic of the Great Lakes. Since the Fifth American Civil War, Bill Ayers was the premier of the PRGL. However, the republicanism movement had taken off with George Romney starting the Free Republic of the Great Lakes. The Civil War was called the Great Laker Civil War. The Upper Peninsula Superior, the Upper Peninsula of Michigan Superior was originally engulfed by the war, but the Free Republican Army moved, managed to move the fight into Wisconsin. The Battle of Green Bay marked the first battle in the major city, which ended up in a Free Republic victory. Northern Michigan soon fell to, into the Republicans' hands. As Wisconsin and Michigan or lines moved southward, the Columbus political machine began to get scared. 
Indiana and Ohio were soon consumed by FRA riots, and the government evacuated to Chicago. They held there as every stronghold in the Great Lakes fell. By 1974, Detroit and Chicago were the last remnants of the PRGL. The government of the PRGL collapsed in May 1974. Romney became the first president of the Free Republic of the Great Lakes. The USA, or what, the USSA, or what was left of it, in Maryland, Delaware, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and New York, was all that remained of socialism in the original USA and in the world. As new, more competent leaders came to power throughout the former U.S., some began to develop nuclear weapon programs. Only the former USSR and the U.K. had nuclear capacity. Soon, the Great Lakes, California, and Texas were all undergoing nuclear tests. But the world peace was unstable, but the British kept what they could. This has been an episode of Imagine It, where we explored a possible way history may have ended up. I'm your host, Brody Burton. This podcast is a work of fiction. All people, places, and events mentioned are fictional and or incidental. This content does not necessarily reflect the opinions of myself, any associated with the production of Imagine If, or any person mentioned. If you enjoyed today's sh- episode, I invite you to subscribe to Imagine If on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeartRadio, or wherever you're listening to this now.